Are you ready for a travel adventure? How about an exciting trip to Venice or an exhilarating experience in Bangkok? Maybe you were more about a culinary adventure in Barcelona or just a relaxing day cruising the canals of Amsterdam. Join the Professor Travel as he invites you on an epic excursion, one that has you traveling the globe with him. Come and experience a world of culture, a world of history and architecture, a world of food and experiences to broaden your mind and save you time and money as you travel. Learn more, discuss more, travel more, and enjoy life more. And now your host, The Professor Travel. Greetings, students, and welcome to this episode of The Professor Travel. I am your host, The Professor Travel, coming to you from Orange County, California. This is the website, the blog, and the podcast that you come to in order to learn more about different destinations. This is the place where you go in order to discuss them as a community. We hope that this will inspire you to travel more and ultimately enjoy life more. Now, you can find me on a variety of different social media, including my website, which is at theprofessortravel.com. You can also find me on both YouTube and Facebook at The Professor Travel. I am now available on TikTok for all you millennials out there and Generation Z and all that kind of fun stuff um, at The Professor Travel. Um, if you're on Instagram, you can find me at the underscore professor underscore travel. On Twitter, you can find me at TheProfessorTR1. And then if you're a blogger, you can find me on TheProfessorTravel.blogspot.com. Today, I have the trifecta visiting professor. This is her third time with us. Please, again, welcome Kiana Albert. Kiana, say hi to all the students and listeners abroad. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me again. So oh my gosh. to be here. <laughs> well, for my audience members and for the students that are out there, we're actually celebrating something with Kiana. She has just recently graduated. Yay! Congratulations to you, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Thank really you. excited. Now, before we get into your credentials, I want to take a moment to explore this specific photo that we're looking at right now. It looks, look, it looks like you're standing on some kind of a rock with a cloud bank behind you. Can you tell us a little bit about this specific photo? Yeah, so this is Torque Mountain, which is one of the, I think it's the highest mountain in Ireland. And this is the first time I ever hiked up a mountain in my life. And we get to the top and there's clouds, which is like the most Irish thing I've ever experienced. Um, but very big accomplishment of mine. And when we were descending, it cleared up and it was beautiful. So. Oh, that's awesome. And that leads us into what we're going to be discussing today, Ireland. Now you spent quite a lot of time there, but before we get into that, I do want to talk to you about your credentials. So for the members of my audience and the students that are out there that have not heard your previous podcasts and vlogs. Tell us a little bit about your educational background and maybe a few places that you've traveled in the past. So I just graduated, like we said, um, from my undergraduate degree. I got a degree in biology, medical and health humanities from Misericordia University, which is in Northeastern Pennsylvania. And next week I start my graduate studies at uh, Marywood. So we'll be a physician assistant after that, hopefully. Um, and in the last four years, I've done quite a bit of travel, uh, places including Ireland. I went to London, Italy, Belize, Jamaica, and we would have talked about a few of those in the previous podcast. So plugging to our prior podcast. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> now, uh, we're going to Ireland for this one. Talk to me about this specific trip because you were there for quite some time. I was, yeah, around five-ish months, four and a half, five months. Um, this is the first time that I've ever traveled. Um, and it was a huge learning curve because I did it pretty much 
all alone. <laughs> um, and to jump into this, I like for our pre-planning, it took me probably six months to build up the courage to even do it. Um, and discussing with the parents and whatnot. Cause at this point I was only what, 19 years old. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you had to get a passport for this, correct? Yeah. Uh-huh. This is the first time I ever got a passport and my passport photo is awful, which of course it is. You know, <laughs> everybody's is. I know. Okay, yeah, right smile or look or like it, it's crazy, you know. I think I like just woke up when I got mine, and I'm like, like I said, I was still like so young, didn't know what I was doing. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, in preparation for this specific trip, I know you had a little while to plan for it, but did mm-hmm. you need to um, get a separate visa apart from the passport? Yeah. So this one I did. Um, I think it was. After three months of being in Ireland, you needed to get um, further paperwork to be there. Um, I forget exactly what visa that was, but I had I had to go to one of their local government buildings, and I think I paid two hundred dollars or something along those lines uh, to extend my stay beyond that three month period. Okay, cool. Now, did you need to have any special like inoculations or travel medications in order to go on this trip at all? No, the only thing that I did need to prove since I was being there so long was that I could financially afford it. So I think they needed like a bank statement um, and a lot of acceptance from my school. But then, like I said, this is just um, something that I did through my university. So if you're traveling there for leisure, this isn't something that you'll have to worry about. But in regards to like um, different medications uh, or uh, injections or anything that I had to get done, none of that really. And especially because Ireland's probably the coldest places I've been. There's no like concern for mosquitoes or weird bugs. So. <laughs> well, and you live in the, you live in the Northeast anyways. So, I mean, you yeah. experience a lot of cold weather over there. How, how does, how does Ireland compare to that? Um, I was actually like probably the most comforting thing was that it was a lot like home climate wise, other than the tremendous amount of rain. We get more snow obviously. And uh, where I live in Pennsylvania. Um, but like the, the greenness was actually pretty similar to Pennsylvania, but like on a different level. You know what I mean? It was weird. It was great. Comforting, but unique. Very cool place. <laughs> <laughs> and um, did you have to prepare your body for any type, for anything like, um, you know, uh, special dietary concerns from going there or anything like that at all? So I do believe at this point I did go vegan as well. And Ireland is very much like meat and potatoes kind of country. Um, So for that, I actually didn't adjust too. It wasn't much of an adjustment and they are very accommodating, but it is something to keep in mind that when you go to different restaurants, you're going to find a lot of like the Irish stew and different foods that um, are very local and meat happy. <laughs> I was like shepherd's pie would be great. I'm sure, yeah. but it's like, I don't, but you can't get the lamb or anything that's in there. So it's yep. like, oh, mm-hmm. man, it's, but you can just like, there's a lot of veggies that you can probably get over there that are really, yep. but, um, so let's move into the actual trip itself. And I'm going to call this much bigger than just your, your average vacation. So mm-hmm. you're going to be traveling there for five months. What, yes. how many bags do you pack for something like that? So I got lucky the line, I finished actually, I think most flights give you one large checked bag for free when you do international travel for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was allowed one giant bag, but like I said, this is my first time traveling. So I packed like random things that I probably didn't even need. Like I had a bunch of books that I didn't read and it was very heavy. Um, so this goes into my constant advice that I give, which is pack light. Like I probably could have gotten away with just a carry on 
and just do a lot of laundry, you know? <laughs> um, but you know, didn't want to pack anything like shorts or anything. So it's all like heavy clothing, which was heavy, took up a lot of space. Uh, but luckily because of that check bag, I did have plenty while I was there. So. Yeah. And this, and that actually speaks to the whole idea of whether you're a light packer or a heavy packer, mm-hmm. like with me and, and Kevin, my husband, um, he he packs for every occasion. Like like we can go on a like we can go on a seven day cruise and he'll pack like three suitcases for himself. And for me, I'll, I'm fine with a backpack. But the problem is, I oftentimes tend to forget stuff. And he is it, it's kind of a good balance because he's remembering everything along the way. So I, I think there may be some kind of a happy medium. I just need to kind of find that so I know exactly kind of where you're at on that. Um, knowing that, did you? Also, like maybe pre-pack like uh, your your typical types of uh, travel medications that you would have, like aspirins and things like that, uh, maybe Band-Aids. Yeah, so I had like an emergency kit. Um, the main trouble that I had for a shout out to all our women out there, um, birth control. <laughs> uh, so I had to switch from my normal getting it month to month. And what we did was pretty much front loaded uh, my medication. So I brought the entire five months worth of medications that I needed with me, um, which is something that you could consider with your doctor if you decide to do um, long-term travel, um, uh, especially like with the five months that worked out perfectly. So I didn't have to worry about bringing prescriptions and them getting lost or anything like that. Excellent. So let's talk about the parking situation and or transportation situation (laughs) to and from the airport upon your leaving. Now, in this particular case, you are not leaving out of Philly. You're leaving out of JFK for this. Is that correct? Yeah. Wait until you get this, guys. This is always my favorite part of the podcast because it's such a, like, whew, an adventure. So, <laughs> first time traveling, no idea what I'm doing. Kiana gets on a bus, right, out of Binghamton, New York. And I go from Binghamton, New York, alone, to Port Authority, which is a bus station in New York City. Mm-hmm. I then get on an airporter bus, which the no longer runs, which will lead into our Italy conversation that we'll have later on in life, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, So I get on the airporter bus, which takes me then from or from Port Authority bus station mm-hmm. to JFK. I get to JFK, never been on a plane, never been in an airport. And then I had to like go through the airport alone. No idea what I'm doing. And this whole excursion probably took like 12 hours. <laughs> it was so bad. It's crazy. You know, sometimes, sometimes just the journey can be half of your vacation in some cases. Um, yeah. <laughs> a, couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, Kevin and I, took, I want to say about a week and a half vacation where we covered London, Amsterdam, Rome and Vatican City, and Barcelona within one week. And just the transportation to and from the airport, the time delays in the airport seemed like it was half the vacation. It was insane. So pro tip, plan ahead for all the students that are out there. Just be aware of those types of situations. So you're flying on Aer Lingus. Is that correct? Correct. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. And is that round trip? Yes, that was a round trip, but I ended up moving up my return date. Okay. Which is also another story, but yeah, it was round trip. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, how was the flight itself? Uh, I think actually this is my favorite airline I've worked with, but unfortunately I only go to Ireland for the most part. Um, but we had the middle seat open between me and this old man and they had food, which actually, because I never flew in before, I was like nervous to take the free food. So I just didn't eat for like hours. <laughs> but anyway, it looked great. And I mean, the accommodations were great. All the, um, uh, 
help me out here. What are they? Flight attendants. There we go. Oh, yes. Flight attendants were fabulous. <laughs> they were very attentive and concerned that I was not eating the free food that I thought was not free. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. okay, Kiana. So that sounded like a really good flight. So talk to me a little bit more about the actual... Hold on a second. It's advancing. <laughs> talk to me about the, uh, the airport that you landed in. Where, where did you fly into? So I flew into Shannon, which is the smaller airport option for those of you that don't like big airports like myself. Um, ironic because I went to JFK. Um, yeah. But the other option is Dublin typically. Uh, but if you're on the more west coast of Ireland, Shannon's definitely the way to go. Okay, cool. How was the airport? Was it nice? Yeah, it was small, very, like, everything went so quickly. Uh, the only thing I had trouble with, obviously, was um, because I was a student, I had to, like, bring all my proof documents that I'd be okay in this country for five months. That did take some time. Um, but for everybody else that's not a student coming in for study abroad or whatever reason, very quick, very small airports, fabulous. Okay, cool. Now, what kind of accommodations are you going to be having while you're hit there in Ireland? Are you staying at a hotel? Is it an Airbnb? Are you staying at a college? What's the situation? Um, so there's a lot of international students that go to the university that I was staying at and they have like a certain, um, it's almost like an apartment complex for those students. However, something went terribly wrong. And I think when we showed up, they took us this random house and they're like, actually, this is where you're staying. So we stayed in a house for, I think it was like 10 international students instead of that huge apartment complex, which ended up being great because we had our own laundry. (laughs) There wasn't that many of us. Um, and the rooms were big. Uh, so that was fabulous. <laughs> wow. Good job. Okay. So let's talk about the itinerary. We're going to, obviously you've been there, you're going to be there for five months. So there's a lot of activities that you're going to be doing during that time. So why don't we just break it down into like maybe your top three things that you remember, things that you liked about there and, and maybe some of the things, maybe even some of the food that you ate while you were there. Cause I'm, I can, can be, I have people that I know who are vegan and vegetarian who would very much like to know what to eat abroad. So I'm going to hand the reins over to you. Talk to me a little bit about what you did. Um, So I think probably the best way that I break this up is there's um, the mainland of Ireland and there's Northern Ireland. They're connected and you can get there through train. However, Northern Ireland is under rule of... um, Uh, Britain right now Mm -hmm. and there's a very odd dynamic that happens between um, like free Ireland which is south and then Northern Ireland which is still under that British rule Um, so it's interesting because you get such a different experience going from one part of the country to the other Um, there's also different language barriers that happen um, because of the Gaelic that is spoken Mm -hmm. in each different area Um, so to break it up to like my favorite parts of Ireland. Um, Aran Islands was one of the coolest experiences, um, which is in more of the southern, western side of Ireland. And it's this little remote island. There's a bunch of hairy cows and it's very remote. So there's not a lot of tourists other than people that come in on a ferry. Um, and there's one restaurant. I think there's a Game of Thrones chair if you're into that there. Oh, it yeah. Was- fabulous um very small town very mon pot at that restaurant and i think i got a traditional irish breakfast or something i can't even remember what it was but awesome i mean you can only go there when you're on the island so check out that (laughs) um and then if you want the different dynamic going into northern ireland which is um still under british rule uh the coolest thing there that i did was going to um the most northern tip i believe and if i forget what it's called man what is it but it's all these geometric 
rocks that just appeared on the coast. Um, and they're all different levels. It's very surreal to be there. Man, I can't remember what it's called. I think I've seen pictures of what you're talking about. It almost looks like, yeah. it, it, it's so weird. It's just like block formations that are just like on the, on the cliffside and stuff like that. Yep. Oh. So if you, I'm pretty sure if you search Northern Ireland, it's one of the more popular areas. So it's very touristy, but just like the landscape there is so incredible that I'd recommend checking that out. And we took the paddy wagon tour to get there. And we had a Southern Irish man lead that tour. And you got all the opinions of how the Southern Irish feel about the British rule in the Northern land. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a very interesting, like historical uh, event to, to witness. Um, other cool places I went um, were Cork. Very cool. Dublin's cool. A little overrated if you are not into like major travel hubs. <laughs> like I like really small remote areas. I stayed in Limerick and that was very small, quaint, a lot of Gaelic spoken around that area versus like a lot of modern Dublin areas. You know what I mean? Well, uh, how was, how was the communication barrier? Did you find that you had like, was your guide doing all the talking for you or were most of the natives, both Gaelic and English speakers? I mean, how did that work primarily? So all the big cities, you can definitely um, get by with English. Sometimes the accents make it a little difficult to understand what they're saying, especially when I was in the classroom, I experienced this because I'm like kind of just nodding along, hoping I'm getting what they're saying. Um, But if you go to like smaller areas, uh, I think Dingle is probably the most pronounced where the Gaelic is the main thing that they speak. So if you want to practice um, your Gaelic, they always recommend to go to these really small areas like that, but you can definitely get by with English, which I think was the most comforting on this trip is where I didn't have to learn another language um, or pretend to know a different language like I did when I was in Paris um, or Italy. Yeah. Now that makes sense. Um, <laughs> can I rewind just a second? Talk to me a little yeah. bit about Cork. Cause that's, a mid-sized city, I think. You know, it's not like a tiny yeah. little village, but it's not like a metropolis like Dublin or anything like that. What was mm-hmm. there to do in Cork? Because I keep seeing that sometimes come up on different itineraries and things like that. So if I wanted to go, what would you recommend? Um, so when I went to Cork, there was a festival going on and they had all these different like chocolates and all this different Irish cuisine there. So we went and we tried all these different chocolate and it was so luxurious. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, so planning on a different event, like looking up different events and things that are going on during the time can be really beneficial to you. Yeah. And what's cool about every Irish town is that there's this different architecture in each like city. So like I said, it's a different experience everywhere you go. So like I went to Galway versus Cork, very different dynamic. Um, my favorite part about Ireland is you can just walk and never get bored because there's just so much to look at, so much history. Um, especially in Cork, I believe there was quite a bit of different historical buildings, like some churches that um, were uh, very old. And you could actually go in. And I played the bells at one of these churches. Wow. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's really That's really seriously cool. Did you happen to see any castles while you were over in the countryside or just in the general area yeah so there's um a lot of bigger castles that you can visit um like blarney you can kiss the blarney stone did that very cool um and then there's a lot of smaller uh castles that you'll drive by just going from place to place which is neat because again you can never get bored because you're looking out into the distance and there's just castles everywhere um which is super neat um definitely worth visiting 
some of the castles just to all the winding areas and small little areas and get into into the castles it's very neat um very cool (laughs) i want to touch base on something really quick with my students um whether or not you are a religious person you will probably find that visiting a lot of these churches a very historic experience it's really interesting i myself love to be able to go to all the different religion religious places throughout europe one of my favorites um you know because again you have the vatican and you have all these different places that are huge and just palatial but then you have some of the smaller ones that have such a history and um you know when i've gone through germany i got to see one of the the one of the oldest clocks in germany located in one of these uh, churches i i went to another place um in russia and had an opportunity to see um you know instead of having all tapestries and paintings inside this place it was all done with tile murals everywhere that you would look and so it was just it's one of these places that, you know, you get to go into these places, you get to see the history. These are places that have been around for, in some cases, thousands of years. And just being able to go in there, absorb it, it's a very surreal experience. Would you agree with that? Uh, definitely. When you were talking, I was like, oh, yeah, because I'm not necessarily religious, but I'm quite spiritual. Yeah. And pretty much just the emotion that these areas like invoke um are definitely worth the visit just because especially in ireland uh the churches were such a central area for the different towns and that's quite evident to the people um like i said when i was playing those bells mm-hmm. you can tell that that's something that happens every day and the townspeople look forward to hearing it and it really brings a sense of community and comfort especially when you're you have that uncertainty and anxiety that sometimes accompanies traveling so to find these different areas that feel um comforting and welcoming definitely something to seek out Plus, like I said, all the architecture, which you were mentioning, um, just definitely something that is a unique experience and always worth, you know, pushing, maybe going to your, if you're uncomfortable, you know, just be a little uncomfortable and have a beautiful experience to remember. Excellent. So you are a vegan trapped in a place that has primarily meat and potatoes. Yes. What are you going to, what are you eating during this time? Is it, is it, is it, is it the very bland palate? I mean, or are you able to get a variety of fruits and vegetables there? Yeah, so I'm try- I was trying to remember actually before this talk what I ate there, and I ate so much like stew and soup, <laughs> which is fabulous because I don't really get to eat a lot of stew when I'm here at my like, home. So to have <laughs> different flavors and whatnot while well, I was uh, in Ireland, it was awesome. A lot of access to vegetables. Um, the Irish had a lot of like different. Um, options in grocery stores for me like I found like this great cheese and I made like mac and cheese while I was there which I never done before um because I was like a new vegan at that point so there's definitely um opportunities to have special diets and to still feel welcome um pretty much everywhere that I went I could find something um and I think that's you know something to be comforted by is that you can always find something no matter where you go because here in the states I know that we're starting to see places offer a greater variety of vegan options. Um, I'm, I'm very happy with seeing that you have the impossible meats and you have beyond meats that are coming up across the board. But the downside is that like, if you go to fast food, it, pretty much the only thing that's available typically is a burger. And mm-hmm. so you, you can get burgered out pretty quick if you don't, you know, so, so finding, finding options that are out there, you know, that are just a bland, uncooked vegetable or something like that. I mean, there's gotta be, there's gotta be a lot of different things that we, that we cater to. And and I'm hoping that we're going to start to see a lot more vegan options coming up in the future here. 
Yeah, I think like just to speak to the vegan community, I feel like there's a lot more movement for people that not just, not, not just because of the vegan agenda, but for health, different reasons for that. Um, and I think that's a beautiful thing just to give people more variety in their lives. And I was thinking as we were talking as well, um, in all major cities in Ireland, you can find different like staple, um, like, uh, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of like different varieties of food places. So like we got a lot of different Chinese food there and there's so much pizza. It's crazy how much pizza is there. <laughs> um, so you can always find something. Um, it may not be a traditional Irish dish, but you can definitely find something, which is great. Absolutely. So, okay. So you're there for five months. Um, yeah but then it's time to go home. You have a little bit of a story about this. Yeah. So I was away for five months, first time away from home. And there was this Christmas party that I didn't know about. And I was like, I'm going to make it home for this Christmas party and surprise everyone. It'll be great. So I go to move up my flight and young Kiana didn't realize the importance of getting insurance on your tickets. So I footed the cost of, I think it was like $300 to move up my ticket. And my return excursion was the exact same as the way I came in. So I had to backtrack. So I went from Shannon to JFK, airport or shuttle, bus station, bus station to home bus station. And my poor parents uh, had to pick me up at like 3 a.m. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. But I'm sure they were very happy to hear to see you. Oh, that was a beautiful experience to come home after being <laughs> How was the return flight, by the way? Everything okay with that? Yeah, and I think I finally ate this time. Go me Yay. and take free food. <laughs> <laughs> Congrats. Okay, so talk to us about the pros of going to a place like Ireland. What 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 would you tell a first-time person? Why do they want to go there? I think Ireland for me, because I think well, it has a soft spot for me because it was my first travel experience. Um, but I think the comfort in the entire country, they're just happy to have you. Um, and I never felt like the odd man out, like I sometimes did when I was traveling in other places. So no matter where I went, they were very you know, happy to talk to me, happy to share their culture, which I think is a big thing. They're very proud of their background um, and to share that with people so they can take it back to where they live and, you know, spread the word of how awesome the Irish are uh, is a big thing. So I think that that was probably like my favorite part is that every day, you know, it wasn't, you know, scary to an extreme or anything that I was in this country. I didn't feel confident to being in. Um, so that comfort was definitely probably the biggest pro for me. Um, any safety issues that you felt while you were there for either things like pickpockets or were you, did you, were you warned by your guide about anything or did it feel very natural, comfortable? What are your thoughts? It was very safe. And I actually did a lot of solo travel alone in Ireland. Um, and I never had any trouble for my entire five months there. Ironically, the only trouble that I did have was when I came back to JFK and I almost had my bag stolen by someone in the bus station, um, which mainly put into perspective that, you know, sometimes the safest place, places are away from home. And then you're reminded and humbled of, you know, how luckily, how lucky you are to be in different areas that you're so safe in. Yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of things to be aware of, um, mm-hmm. as a first time traveler, what would you say... This was, your, this was your first time traveling abroad. What yeah. kind of advice would you give to a person? It's their first time traveling abroad. What would you say to them? Um, definitely embrace the discomfort. Like there was a lot of days that, you know, it was, it was hard being away from home. Um, definitely try to meet the locals, learn about their community, but also have a community um, that 
it's a good support system, whether it be calling your family, um, finding a friend that comes from a similar experience as you in that country, um, really finding your people and sticking to them, um, but also being open to new experiences. Um, if you're going to Ireland specifically, embrace the rain. I lost my umbrella, I think, two months in, and I just got soaked pretty much every day. But it really made me, you know appreciate rain in a different way um so when i came home now i can like run in the rain and it doesn't matter because i spent five months running in the rain <laughs> nice. and then for from for the benefit of the students that are listening any value adds cost savings best practices that you want to share with them about ireland yeah um it's actually super affordable to travel along throughout ireland um they're uh train system is probably the more most reliable one that i've ever taken everything's pretty much always on time and pretty much always runs, uh, which if you've been to like Italy or different places, you know, that's not always the case. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you want to travel in throughout Europe from Ireland, there's actually a lot of cheap flights um, throughout Europe. So if you're thinking, you know, maybe you want to jump around Europe, that's something you can look into as well. I forget what airline that I use, but sometimes I could get flights for $30. Like oh. I went to London for $30 round trip and I think $50 to Paris round trip. That sounds like either Ryanair or EasyJet. Ryanair. And it's Ryanair. a little sketchy, but it's worth it sometimes. But you know, it's, it's kind of equivalent to like what we have as far as Southwest Airlines where it's just like, here's yeah. the bare bones, you mm-hmm. get on the flight, you pay for everything that you get. You pay for their meals, you pay for your, bringing your backpack on board, you pay for everything. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it just... that's the way they operate. That's the way they run. And if that's the case, you know, Hey, if you want to take a day trip going somewhere else, that's kind of cool actually, you know, and just getting used Mm -hmm. to it. Well, Kiana, I want to thank you again for, for sharing your information with us. I'm going to look forward to our interview in the future on Italy, by the way. So thank you again for everything you share with the students and people could still contact you on Instagram at the underscore wind underscore cries underscore Kiana. Is that correct? That's me. Feel free to follow. I'll follow back. You can message me with any questions that you have about travel. I'll try my best to answer them. Um, And I'll hopefully help foster this beautiful community that you're building. Well, I appreciate everything that you do. So thank you so much on that. For those of you who are out there that have questions or comments, you can always send them directly to me at scott at theprofessortravel.com. If you like this video um, and you would like to know more about it, you know, certainly feel free to give us a thumbs up. I really appreciate that. Um, If you haven't already done so, please subscribe. If you want to be aware of when future videos go up, hit the bell icon at the top of the screen in order to be notified about that. And if you are listening on any of the podcast options, please give us a high rating. We really appreciate it. And so until the next time, make every day a travel adventure. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye now. The Professor Travel is a broadcast from Orange County, California. A transcript of each podcast may be requested by contacting the Professor Travel at his website, theprofessortravel.com. For opportunities to work with the Professor Travel, feel free to contact Scott at theprofessortravel.com or contact us through YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook at The Professor Travel or Twitter at TheProfessorTR1. Make every day a great day to have a travel adventure.